I believe that most people will say that they've learned more from their mistakes than they did from their successes. Yet, being wrong remains one of the most feared outcomes in our lives. In this podcast, I will share lessons that I have learned from my mistakes that have helped me to get one step closer to a more authentic version of myself. My name is Lonnie Was the Third, and this is what I did wrong. Real man inside of me, if you're in there, I plea, please reveal yourself. Real man inside of me, if you're in there, I plea, please reveal yourself. Because the world keep asking about you and telling me that I'm not even a potential candidate. So I showcase this second skin like it's my own face, but I'm tired of wearing this mask. Because the impact from this facade is giving me whiplash, hiding behind the safe line of a full beard and a mustache. Who do I want to be and why? These are the questions I must ask as I embark on this journey to complete this task. It's been 30 plus years yet I still don't know if I'm viewed like a real man. Wondering why I often feel less than less than, not equal to. I'm tired of constantly doing the math, trying to solve the equation that equals to my manhood, my manliness, my handiness, my masculine sensibilities because I've been adding and subtracting for years and causing all types of vision within myself. I was hoping that my stature would somehow fit into the formula, but I'm still left with undefined variables and no resolution. I walk around with my voice altered to give it more base, to appease those who applied this mask to my face, hoping that remaining unseen would be my saving grace. I worked hard to fill that blank space with some type of validation pointing towards masculinity because they say that I was a fraud when it comes to being a real man. They said that I wasn't in touch with that macho stuff. They said that my hands ain't rough enough, demeanor ain't tough enough, voice isn't deep enough, body isn't rough enough, words ain't slang enough, pants don't hang down enough for me to be a real man. So I spent more than half of my lifespan feeling lesser than less than, wondering why the treatment wasn't equal, walking the fine line between blurry and see-through. But that didn't stop the sticks and stones that beat you or change how poorly people treat you. Got me wondering if it was my fault that I was raised by a single mother. Why are they always whispering to one another? Are they talking about me? And still... To this day, I'm trying to erase these seemingly indelible issues, wiping invisible tears with emotionally scarred tissues. So in the absence of a dad, I did what I knew to. When I realized that my masculinity wasn't being accepted as true, my tactics got redirected. And when I came into the presence of fear, I threw on my mask, Ulenity. But I found that manhood isn't comprised of misogyny the apathy, and I do decree that I can't fix a flat tire, but I can revive a deflated heart and fill an empty spirit with a smile. I refuse to live by your book of gender-bound constrictions, upset because I don't perform based on your societal convictions, a hopeful attempt to bring me down to a level so low that I forget who I am, but I'm no longer afraid to walk through closed doors with my head held high because currently... I'm earnestly bearing all of me and not passively, but intentionally I walk around mask free. So to hell with your mask, Yelenity.
The one place that I hated going to the most growing up was the barbershop. It wasn't because I didn't like getting that fresh fade or that shape up. The reason that I hated it was because I always felt like they were speaking another language. This other language was filled with conversations about fast cars and hip-hop and sexy women. And at the barbershop, I never really felt seen. I always felt uncomfortable. And after a while, I realized, in retrospect, why. The conversations that went on in the barbershop almost never aligned with my interests, and as I sat in there, I felt invisible. At the time, the barbershop was the biggest influence on my internalized definition of masculinity. And being that I couldn't relate to any of the men who dwelled in the barbershop, that was the beginning of my complex relationship with masculinity and how I viewed myself as a man. Being in that environment instantly othered me. I felt like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not interested in monster trucks and bad bitches? During that time, I took on what I like to call an invisible lesson. These I define as subconscious ideologies that we take on as we experience life. And from those experiences, we create values and ideals that often can regulate how we see the world and most importantly, how we see ourselves. Speaking of complex relationships, mine with my father was also quite complicated. So I did not have an up close and personal example or prototype of what a man could look like or be like on a regular basis, or I didn't know exactly how I should talk or what I should do. At times, I resented my father for that. So to keep it completely 100, for a lot of my childhood, I felt like if only he was here, then I could be a real man. But in retrospect, I know that that's not the case. So as I continued to grow up, there was a pattern that I noticed. I was usually around men who conducted themselves similarly as those at the barbershop. So I started to feel like, well, is this how all men act? So I saw that same behavior in my family, the men in my family, in my neighborhood, on TV, at school. It was hard to escape the topic of masculinity at school because it seems that at a very young age, many children are conditioned to be authorities on masculinity and femininity. At school, I was often perceived as weird or soft or gay because although I'm tall and I've always been a larger guy, I've never been super rough. I've always been a gentle soul, a gentle spirit. I've always been fashionable and just elegant in my own way, if I must say so myself. So I didn't really fit the mold, I guess, of what a lot of people thought a man should be. Which further complicated my understanding of what a man was. Again, I would ask myself, am I doing something wrong? Am I not man enough? But at the end of the day, what does that even mean? Once I got to college, I learned that no, I wasn't doing anything wrong, but perhaps the way that our society deals with masculinity is where the problem lies. And as I got older, I began to do some research as well as meet diverse men from different backgrounds. And I was shocked and relieved to find out that all men were not like the men at the barbershop. There was nothing wrong with those men at the barbershop, but I could not see myself within them. And I was so happy to find examples of men that were not exactly like that, that had other things to talk about, that had other interests that looked different, that talked different, that walked different.
it was also in college that I really got a bigger understanding of what the word masculinity or the term masculinity is, and it is yet another complicated term associated with men. Masculinity is defined as the qualities or attributes regarded as characteristics of men. Vague, right? Now, the question becomes, who exactly gets to decide what qualifies as a masculine quality? No one seems to know, but our society functions off of this seemingly understood definition of what masculinity is, and that, to me, is harmful in so many ways, especially when uh, that masculinity is used intentionally to hurt others, when that idea and that specific definition is used to cause harm. So you may be asking, how can masculinity be harmful? Here's another liberal with this idea about harmful ideas around masculinity or social issues. Well, here are some examples of how masculinity can be harmful. What about rape culture? What about the idea that men own other people's bodies? What about the idea of telling young boys not to cry or to express their feelings? Some men are validated by society when they meet the definition of a real man, and some men who do not fit that mode are marginalized, and the list goes on and on and on. In the social sciences, toxic masculinity refers to traditional cultural masculine norms that can be harmful to society. According to sociologist Michael Flood, these include expectations that boys and men must be active, aggressive, tough, daring, and dominant. Now think about it. That is a tall order for anyone who identifies as a man, especially if your natural disposition is not aggressive or any of the other words that I just read. Therefore, there is a lot of pressure to become a certain version of a man or a certain version of masculinity, which is reinforced by a society who expects you to be the type of man that they think you should be, whatever the heck that means. So when asked if I was going to try out for the high school football team, another student interjected in front of the whole class that, oh, he is too soft for that. This is a perfect example of how toxic masculinity can be weaponized. The idea that another person thinks that they can measure another person's masculinity by whatever scale or gauge is a huge problem, especially if the measurement is based on something like their desire to play sports or something that is considered a manly or masculine thing to do. Along the way, as I grew, I adopted my own warped and negative ideas about masculinity. Oftentimes, I compared myself to other guys, or I became uncomfortable when I met a guy who I thought did not fit into my own idea of what a man is or what society says that a man should be. So sometimes I participated in othering that man because I was uncomfortable, especially if he had stereotypically feminine traits, because what we're taught consciously and subconsciously about men who have feminine or effeminate traits is that something's wrong with them, that they're gay, or something about them is bad. And there was a time where I, too, felt the same way because I was scared to be associated with someone who did not fit the mold. 
So as an adult, I still have to consciously unlearn the impact of toxic masculine culture and check myself often when I catch myself still sometimes measuring someone else's manhood. I remind myself that when I do that, that they become that uncomfortable boy that I used to be in the barbershop who does not feel that they belong. What I did wrong was thinking that being a man was determined by your hobbies, who you fall in love with, whether you can fix a car or not, or by what clothes you wear, what colors you like, what toys you played with, how many girls you had, or how good you could fight. Now I realize that being a man is less about what you do and more about who you are. To me, being a man is about being authentic, knowing who you are and relying on your strengths and your vulnerabilities and all of your talents and skills to assist you in being the best human that you can be. And that will help you to reveal the mask that you wear as your masculinity. The poem Masculinity featured on tonight's episode can be found in my debut book, Fewer Versions of Myself, which is a collection of 20 original poems written by yours truly. You can find my book at LonnieWasTheThird.com. Thank you for listening to the What I Did Wrong podcast. As always, I appreciate your support. Catch new lessons each and every week on Wednesdays. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at LonnieWasTheThird or visit my website at LonnieWasTheThird.com. Until we meet again, remember that regret was meant to refine you and that your mistakes don't have to define you. I leave you in love, peace, and style. Until the next time.